the Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the St Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Welcome along to another edition of the St Albans Film Guide with uh, everyone's favourite educator of the young, Max Hartington. Hello, Danny. Hello, Max. Good to have you back. Feeling good? Good. Uh, so, uh, we, uh, what we do with the Film Guide, if you are new to this here nonsense that we, we chuck out, then... Uh, we look at the films that are on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week that Max thinks are worth watching. We also have a movie that, in a section that is called Max's Action Films, where these are um, films that take it to the max. And don't they just? Yeah. And, uh, and we've got, uh, we've, we've got a, quite a good film coming up for you yeah. uh, this, this time around as well. Um, I don't mean that as opposed to the usual rubbish he churns out. I mean, you know, it's they're often a, good movies. You mean a Danny Smith approved film this time? Well, I mean, to be fair, I wouldn't have thought of it as an action film. I do not believe that's its job. It's, it's, it's not in the action film genre. I'm, I'm but arguing I, for parts of it. Well, no, but I can see why. Yeah. I can see why, because there is action in it. it, mm, it mm. But it's not an action film. No. But we will Fun come back to that. We'll come back to that. Uh, there is also uh, a quick look at uh, new releases on the streaming services. We've got one to tell you about this week uh, that is uh, a, a Netflix release. But first... We have two movies out in the cinema this week that are worth talking about. They couldn't be much different. I'm excited for this one. Yeah. Uh, and not only could they not be much different, but um, but apparently people are buying tickets to go and watch them both. I, I love that it's been made into a double feature. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm fascinated to talk about it. <laughs> that is... Anyway... Let's start with the first one. First things first, as, as, as somebody once said. So both these films releasing on the Friday, 21st, 21st of July. Uh, the very first one we're talking about is Barbie. Uh, this tells the story of Barbie and Ken having the time of their lives in the colourful, perfect world of Barbie land. But when things start to go wrong, they go to the real world. And they soon discover the joys and perils of living among humans. This is the Barbie, the Barbie film. Is this... Is, how original a storyline is that? Because somebody not, not said to me all, it's a little it? bit... It's, would it have been Elf? Elf has done this. Spongebob did this. Um, sure, didn't the Lego, one of the Lego films do this? I don't know. But, but this it, idea it, of taking your, your favourite characters from, a, from some sort of mythical world where they yeah. live and then bringing them into the real world and then letting them come up, slap bang up face to face with real world issues. The Simpsons did this as well at some point. But it, it feels like it's... I'm very so. This is directed by Greta Gerwig, who has done things like um, Lady Bird, which she got a lot of uh, she won Oscars for. She did Little Women, so it's a very. Did, did very, she do the? Or am I thinking of somebody else? Did the Ghostbusters movie? No, I don't. I don't think Greta Gerwig did the bus, Ghostbusters one. Oh, good because it wasn't very good. Was it wasn't very good, exactly. <laughs> but uh, Greta Gerwig is a very aware writer, so I'm, I'm curious if it's it's sort of if it's going for this whole sort of uh, this. Maybe, maybe already known plot of like, oh, we're going to the real world, and maybe it's trying to spin it on its head. But okay. um, I, I personally, I think I, I actually am interested in this one, which is really saying a lot because normally I, I'm not doing that thing where I'm being nice about a film, but I want to give this one a go. Yeah, because if you then go there and you dare no, to slag this off no, no, as soon no, as we go no, off, no, no. off mic, I'm, I'm no, the, putting I, that I, back I, in. I actually, I want to see this one, and I'm going to be honest, it's because of one person, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Absolutely love Ryan Gosling, so I want, I want, I feel like Ryan Gosling playing Ken in, Ken in this film is going to do an amazing job. So I want to see. I'm not sure Margot Robbie as well as another actor who does a really good job, and I really want to see it based on her. But Ryan Gosling, just um, I'm very biased towards him. See, I, now I'm a massive fan of 
um, Margot Robbie. Yeah. And not just for the obvious reasons. I think she's an incredibly good um, act- actor. Yeah. I think she's so good at what she I does. I always think of Aitonia. I think Aitonia is the one that really, that really is the best example of what she can do. Right. Well, she's not just playing. You know, I think she's done. Obviously, she's done the Suicide Squad and stuff like that. Oh, so she's played Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. But um, I think I Tonya was the first time showing her maybe playing the sort of rough around the edges character, and she's done other things as well where she's really shown her her, yeah. her depth. Um, uh, and you know, she she's very good. I was thinking of I don't know how I could get Greta Gerwig and Paul Feig confused, but there you go. Paul Feig. <laughs> they sound the really Ghost, similar. Ghostbusters. Um, well, they both end in a G. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, go, he, he directed the, the female reboot of Ghostbusters. Anyway, least said, soonest mended. Uh, mm. Let's, but yes, so we're talking about um, Barbie. So it looks, it looks like the sort of movie that you'd, you'd sort of take your niece to if mm. you had to. Mm. Except I, I get the impression that if you were to, get to, to treat it with that sort of attitude, you're going to miss something special. Mm. I, I do wonder if it's being made as a sort of a double intention film like sort of because it's a 12a so it does it have that thing of anyone can go and watch this one but then maybe there's going to be more of a subliminal message about maybe the place that barbie you know barbie the the doll figure sort of has in society as a whole is it going to explore the sort of the the you know the system itself which again greta gerwig is very she wants to explore that relationship about how women are seen in the general public eye sort of thing yeah um so i it, it by all accounts then has had very good reviews people mm. are really excited about this movie and and if you were to write it off as just something for for, for little girls then then you'd probably you might be making it. a mistake yeah okay that's barbie that's barbie that's so in the second part of the 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 barbie and oppenheimer double feature the barbie heimer barbenheimer as people are taking to calling it the next film we're talking about is oppenheimer which tells the story couldn't be more different could it it's the story of the american uh, physicist who uh, developed the at- the atomic bomb in the uh, the, the 1940s yeah i mean because also isn't that film in black and white it's it's not in black and white it's being so from what i've seen it seems that parts of it are being told from black and white following the manhattan project the events of you know um so it's oppenheimer made the atomic bomb which was dropped on for those who don't know a history lesson for you about oppenheimer created the atomic bomb that was dropped on um japan during the second world war and then it seems from me to me that the narrative is sort of being framed around the initial sort of courtroom talks about the the, the humanity, the legality of the bomb, right. but then we're going to have in color flashbacks to the sort of the the events building up to oh look we're making this bomb. Okay, which do, it seems to be so. This one's directed by Christopher Nolan, who so, so Nolan. partly black and white and and yeah. and stylized, but very and, very stylized, very and not at all pink. No, no, not and not exactly the same the same uh, same project ma- product matter is it? It's the sort of you know Amer- America's favorite doll versus America's uh, favorite war crime. But. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's not quite uh, no, no, not quite the same. But uh, but yeah, Oppenheimer's got a, a wonderful cast, doesn't mm. it? It, oh, it? It seemed like for a while, um, Christopher Nolan was just if anyone had had a spare couple of weeks, he was throwing them in this in this film, wasn't he? But you've got uh, Killian Murphy's leading as Oppenheimer, Rob- who's a frequent collaborator with Christopher Nolan. Isn't he's done he? a few. He he's done what he's done. Batman. He's done. He's done a couple uh, of Inception. Batmans. Yeah, he's done a few Batman's. Done a few Inceptions. He's, he's done a, a few Inceptions. I'm aware of the couple, one. Couple what Inceptions has he done? A couple, couple of roles in Inception. No, he, he oh. was in, in, in Inception. Um, whether, I don't think he, I'm trying to think if Killian Murphy made an appearance in uh, Interstellar because I thought everyone, everyone was in Interstellar but I don't think he was in that either. 
but you've got a lot of people crossing over. Robert Downey Jr. is making an appearance in this one. Uh, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Kenneth Branagh, Remy Malek. There's, it just goes on, doesn't it? There's yeah. so many big names in there who have been very, very present during award seasons or just very notable actors. Um, that I think the big thing is them jumping on the chance to work with Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Who, I mean, he's a big name. Yeah. I'm personally, I don't know. I've, I've, I think I've soured on Nolan recently, but that's that's me. But I, I didn't think Tenet was that good. Okay, yeah. I, the most recent one. Yeah. Um, well, hmm. <laughs> I mean, it was it was okay. It was... I, I, th- I think I've just become... I, I A little it, bit of a head scratcher. Yeah, yeah. For, for somebody who likes to produce movies that are very um, thoughtful movies, a lot of thinking that goes in. Yeah. That one took a lot. I mean, Inception bent your brain a little bit watching that. Well, Memento just, is the other one, isn't it? Yeah. Is that, that same sort of thing of him making a film that makes you watch it and question what's going on. Yeah. But I think this is, I mean, I don't know if he's done any biopics before this, but. Yeah, but this is very much in that vein, isn't yeah. it? Because it's, it's based on true events. It's featuring real characters. Yeah. It does make me think, I think last time we were here, we talked about uh, First Man, the, the film with um, Brian Gosling playing Neil Armstrong on the moon. And part of it does make me think about that, but maybe it's that sort of, that attachment to a figure in American in American history and the way yeah. it's being presented. Uh, Dunkirk, he was in as well. Kenny Murphy, that was yeah. directed by... Ah. Um, yeah, directed by Christopher Nolan. Yes. So uh, yeah, there the, there are uh, quite a few, but um, th- this sort of material as well is often very worthy, mm. and sometimes it's like it's uh, I don't know to, to to watch it. You feel like you deserve a badge at the end of it because yeah, you know, it, you've you've done this. It should go on a CV somewhere. But you, you too have done your your service in the same way that Oppenheimer built that bomb sort of thing. Yeah. But but um, that's not necessarily, um, you know, that's not always going to be necessarily the case because sometimes these movies can be very worthwhile and yeah. enjoyable. I think so. And I, I do think it's part of why it's the, the, the Barbenheimer double feature was created, isn't it? Because you've got one that seems like it's going to be very, you know, enjoyable and lightweight. And then you've got Oppenheimer's going to sort of uh, bring down your mood a little bit, shall we say? Okay. Uh, I found a list now. There are five movies that they've made together. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy and, and Christopher Nolan. Do you want to guess at them? Oh, go on, should we guess? So we know we know he was in uh, Batman Begins. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. Uh-huh. Those are two together. They've both done, so we've just said that they did uh, Inception as well. Yeah. And Dunkirk, leaving yep. one more. Yeah. Can I, this is going to be the tricky one, isn't it? Can I say, is it The Prestige? You can say that. It's wrong. Oh, what I, is it? I can't believe you've missed it out. The Dark Knight. He was in The Dark Knight as well? Yeah. He was in Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight he's Rises. He's in the first 10 minutes of The Dark Knight, isn't he? Oh, that's obvious one. And he's in The one. Dark Knight Rises. Well, yeah, he's well, in... Because I remember seeing The Dark Knight Rises, but I couldn't think of The Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, that's so embarrassing. I know. That's, you... a, that's a really easy yeah. one. Yeah. No, no one else really cares, but... Uh, I but, care. But you care. Rookie error. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so, yeah. So, a wonderful all-star cast and very worthy subject mm. matter handled by an exceptional director. Yeah, would that be a Could, good, couldn't say any more? Yeah, good summary of Oppenheimer. So you've got you've got a, a, a wonderful choice. Or if you're one of those people who's committing to the du- the, the double feature, you know, do you want the light one first or the the darker one second? It's your choice about uh, yeah. how you're going to watch Barbie and Oppenheimer. Barbenheimer, yes. Barbenheimer. I, I guess it depends <laughs> on how you want to do that. Um, I've seen a, my favourite things that I've seen on the internet of people planning out their days around uh, around well, watching Barbenheimer. So they say they'll have you know uh, they'll wake up in the morning and have a cigarette and a coffee and then go and watch Oppenheimer and then go and have like you know like like a brunch after and then go and watch Barbie and have a mani pedi <laughs> yeah, and, and then watch Barbie yeah. <laughs> planning out your day around your film choices yeah okay well those movies 
movies are out um, on uh, Friday the 21st of July in all your good cinemas and probably some ropey ones as well. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over 10 years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast, a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. One film on Netflix to talk about now. Uh, we look at streaming new releases of original movies uh, in this next part of the film guide. And uh, this time around, it's a film called They Cloned Tyrone. Uh, they Clone Tyrone, the new Netflix film, tells the story of a series of eerie events which thrust an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in a pulpy mystery caper. Uh, this film is directed by Jewel Taylor, uh, who previously directed or wrote and wrote for uh, Creed 2, is his latest sort of claim. But people might be far more aware of the cast. You've got Jamie Foxx uh, starring as a pimp in this one. Uh, you've got John Boyega starring as a sort of a, uh, un- like an underground uh crime sort of member and Tiona Tiona Paris starring as the main sort of trio who are doing this investigation where they're trying to look for uh, somebody they all know and it sort of just keeps escalating into this government conspiracy um it seems really having seen the trailer it seems very off the walls this one well it looks like so it's listed here as an action comedy yeah and it very like uh, as it said very pulpy it does feel like it's very much going for that sort of crazy off the walls things just keep keep escalating every single time and uh, on my um, list here, there is a very famous person that you've not mentioned this in Of it. course, yeah, because Kiefer Sutherland is also starring in this one as well. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we don't know his role yet, so which leads me to believe that maybe he's playing some mysterious unknown role in this one. Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so there's no, yeah, there's no actual character name beside beside him, no. but he is listed second in, in the cast list that I've got here. I, I'm curious about this one, though. It does look like it's a bit of a fun one. So. Yeah. And, and I, I quite like pulpy action. I mean, it's my bread and butter, so... Okay. It's, it's got a good good sort of idea going on, but yeah. um, I like the idea. There's, there's sort of this aware sci-fi thing as well. It, it strikes me as sort of maybe sort of inspired by Jordan Peele. This whole sort of like awareness of sort of okay, but his sci- stuff is 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 often quite surreal and dark. Uh, whereas this is quite this seems quite comedic. Yeah, the comedic is up, but I think there's a, there's a dark comedy to a lot of Jordan Peele's, aren't there? If you okay. think of, um, I think Nope, the most recent one. Uh, there's there's this writing of a um, there's, this writing has a sort of dark comedy because I mean Jordan Peele has his background in comedy anyway so that the situation is being escalated so much it's almost comical how much it's exaggerated but maybe this one's a bit more sort of upfront we're going for laughs here okay but I I, I like the look of this one right it looks very enjoyable. All right. Well, that's um, that. That's the movie that's called They Cloned Tyrone, which is out on the twenty first of July on Netflix. The Film Guide with Max Hartington, part of the Sonobus Podcast with Danny Smith. Part three of the Film Guide with Max Hartington always consists of Max's action films, where we take another action movie and we take it to the max. See, I'm off to a good start this time because I know that I've got your approval on this action film. Well, action air quotes. Right. 
Okay. So I just <laughs> emphasized air quotes you could ever have there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Cause, it's cause, a fun button. All right. Because first off, this isn't an action film. That, that's my thing. I'm not. I'm not saying it shouldn't be in. Film. I'm not saying it should be in because okay. you're going to make an argument. Okay. But it's not an action film. You, you know, it's. It's not an action film. No, but, there you go. It's not an but, action but it's film. But got, it's got different elements to it. So should we talk about what the film is before we carry on? Uh, go on then. Yeah. We are talking today about Army of Darkness, which is the third entry in the Evil Dead series by you know Sam Raimi, starring Bruce Campbell as the the iconic yeah. Ash. So it's the third entry in the in the acclaimed horror series. Yes, yeah. But yeah. that's why... But, uh, I would never argue that Evil Dead 1 or Evil Dead 2 are action films. But Evil Dead 3 is the first one where I'm thinking, you know what I would want to make... I was reading through lists thinking about this one. And I strongly believe that this is... An, it's a comedy horror action film. Because it, in previous Evil Dead films, these fights with monsters, uh, the the deadites they're called, aren't they? In the Evil Dead universe. Um, everything is played very serious or at least if not serious it's still very intense isn't it because I, I, I have a theory that the original Evil Dead movie was not intended to be as funny as people found no, it no. and I think they, they have film, subsequently jumped on the bandwagon and yeah. said oh yeah, it was a comedy all along yeah. I'm thinking no it wasn't <laughs> there's an awareness and sort yeah. of changing it yeah. and I think Evil Dead 2 sort of so tries to roll with it as Evil Dead 2 takes takes this comedy and maybe ups the horror a little bit but it's still I mean Evil, Evil Dead 2 is pretty much just uh, backtracking Evil Dead 1 at parts isn't it but Evil Dead 3 is the first one that I want to argue is an action film because it's sort of while there is this horror to it it's maybe not quite in the same style and this the comedy in this one is becoming far more self-aware so do you want to know what um, the uh, I would, uh, IMDB how they've categorised it because because you know that's always the thing that sort of tells I, I can, you what I can categories see, I can see the categories here and you know what action isn't on there but no it just says comedy horror. It's, it's a comedy horror. It is a comedy horror. Yeah. But it's punctuated. A homedy. The, it's homedy. Well, but it's punctuated by these, by, there are these action scenes in it. And in this one, Ash gets to sort of, you know, jump around a bit more. They are very quick smash cutty action scenes, but I do really enjoy watching them, you know, where we have Ash, you know, gets thrown into this pit with this witch at one point, And then there's this whole, it's it, it, my mistake. Ash gets thrown into a pit with a zombie at some point and he's got this he's got to tussle around with it and the action isn't the greatest shot but I think there's the way it's carried along and here's my the punctuating part of my argument Ash Williams is an action is an action protagonist put into a comedy horror situation I mean, the whole point is that Ash is a, is a normal everyman, isn't he? He's a he's a he works in a supermarket, and he he was a high was a high schooler, but he's sort of he's escalated into being thrown into these horror horror scenarios. And I do think he is, you know, he throws around these quips and these uh, certain elements that make him an action star. But the film around him is still trying to be a horror film. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pushing for this. Can one. you tell from my face how much I'm buying that? No, not at all. As in, I can't read faces. <laughs> yeah. But no, but I do. I really enjoy this one for its action. Mm. I think that I think it's what part of this one. And I do. I don't think Army of Darkness is my favorite in the entire series. But I think as an action film, no? it's worth being on. Well, here. Which one would be your favorite? Evil Dead Two. Okay. Evil Dead Two is my favorite. However, Army of Darkness, I do like for being far more of a chance for Ash to let it rip sort of thing like he just gets to jump around and he just gets to do these crazy things and the whole setting really helps as well the whole point of someone from you know uh eight you know a teenager from 80s america has been drawn back to uh medieval times to fight demons 
I, I don't. I think calling him a teenager is a bit I, of a stretch. I realised I was because he's about thirty, I suppose, it. at this point. But yeah, but it's set in the nineties now as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, but made in the nineties. My mistake. Yeah, but it's it's a very inventive movie. Yeah. It, it is miles. I mean, really, you don't need to see the other Evil Dead films. In fact, you may not even be able to stomach the, the previous uh, Evil Dead movies. There is a reason why this one is not called Evil Dead Three. Mm. It is just called Army of Darkness because it doesn't. It's the same character from the first yeah. two, and it, and and there is a link to the storyline in in a way, but you don't really need it. And no. this one is far more fantastical than the others, yeah. and and it's epic because it involves time travel. It go you know it goes back to the thirteen hundreds, and and he's fighting armies, and it's it's it, it's and it's also it is quite out and out funny. Yeah, it is. It is. They it's, are going for laughs. It's great. In this at, one. at this point, that they've sort of dropped the pretense of not trying to have any humor, humor in it, aren't they? But I think. It's what Bruce Campbell does best as well. We know that Bruce Campbell is a funny person. Yeah. He, at this point, he's proven quite well that he, he's got this presence as a comedic actor. Mm. It'd be a shame not to let him use it. Yeah. No, he, he's. He, I mean, he's wonderful in this, and and you know, Ash is probably the part that he will be remembered for more I than any so. other. It, it's a shame that he's he's said that he's never coming back to the role because. Ah, but I, is it is it a shame or or is it good because it, you know you can go on too long in it, a part? He's not then, he's not pushing it, is he? But no. I, I again, I, I just love I love the character of Ash as well. I think he's just such an entertaining character to watch, and mm. I do think Bruce Campbell. I, I this talk about you know seeing roles recast. I could never see the role of Ash Williams being recast. No, and it would be a terrible shame if they tried to. I know that they have yeah. done remakes of of the original Evil Dead movie, so I guess in a way his character has been recast. Yeah. But but no, I mean he he created an iconic character in in the in these delightful B movies, yeah. and uh, and it would be a shame if anything took that away. And this one is arguably the best of the series, even though it's not your personal favorite. Not my personal favorite, but however, I can definitely see the production that goes into it, and again the um, the concepts, the scenes themselves, like so much going in here is probably the peak of the series, and mm-hmm. I just personally like too because I, I don't know how I can justify. It. I think I just I like the comedy. I like the the horror setting maybe yeah. more but i like the action adventure of this one more yeah yeah no it's very good there's also um it, for film buffs uh, there's a lovely tribute to um ray harryhausen because the ray harryhausen was a special effects guy in in the sort of the golden age of hollywood yeah. who would have worked on movies like um jason and the argonauts and a lot of those s- sorts of you know the the simbad and the eye of the tiger and 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 lots of these other movies where they where they they sort of use an awful lot of stop motion animation yes. to to animate the monsters and what have you mm. and that's what they did for the for the for all the the skeletons that are fighting uh, in this and and mm. um it was it was a real tribute to ray harryhausen and yeah. to, to the work he did i believe the last film that he worked on was clash of the titans the 1980s version of clash of the titans which which used a lot of the special effects um techniques that he mastered in 20 years before mm. in, in in some of these great movies of the 60s and 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 uh, 70s but but yeah so if you're a, if you're a fan of of his work then army of darkness might be worth looking out for yeah. because it is a real tribute to to ray harryhausen in the way that it is done they and use those techniques there's a lot of love in this one to the stuff that it's riffing on yeah yeah um and uh yeah so worth worth looking out for uh but uh but not really an action film i i personally it's going in, going to my action film collection Okay, it's well, got. I think it's got enough action in there to justify it. And yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, 
Ash has a chainsaw for a hand. That's pretty yeah. action. If you had to go to, um, if Blockbuster Video still was a thing and you went into Blockbuster what? Video, how long would you spend in the action section looking for this movie before you realised, oh, it's over in the horror section? You wouldn't be waiting very long because I would have put a copy in there. Right, okay. All right, Max, we'll let you have that. Cheers. Uh, so Army of Darkness is uh, the choice this time around for Max's action stroke horror films. <laughs> I'm Elspeth Jackman, inviting you to listen to my podcast, One to One with Elspeth. Find a local person with a story, and I'll be there to draw out all those little details you want to know about. If I'm fascinated, so will you be. Each week I'll be talking to an interesting character who has a tale to tell. And the beauty of it is, you can listen whenever you want to. To find the podcast, go to your podcasting platform of choice and search for the St. Albans Podcast. Alternatively, go to stalbanspodcast.com slash Elspeth. That's one-to-one with Elspeth, part of the St. Albans Podcast in association with the Hearts Advertiser. You never know, you could be my next guest. Time to take a look at the movies that Max is recommending we could watch that are on free-to-air TV for the forthcoming week. So we start with Friday the 21st of July, uh, film for 12.05am, so technically into the wee small hours of Saturday morning. But we have Dread. Just barely Friday there. But Dread No, it's on, it'll be in the Friday. If you looked in a TV guide, you go to the Radio Times. Friday, yeah. It'll be on the Friday page. Just on Friday. But yeah. this one's worth it. So, uh, Dread, this film tells the story of a violent futuristic city in which the police have the authority to act as judge, jury, and executioner. A cop teams up with a trainee to take down a gang in, that deals reality-altering drugs inside a giant tower block. Uh, this film's brilliant. I, lo- I think this is fantastic. Uh, Dread, of course... See, is- now this is a horror film. Sorry, this is a this is an action. This film. is an action film. This is, this an is action a great film. action film. Yeah, the um that is of course based on the the character of Judge Dredd, who is a very he's like a, a British comic book character. It's whole sort of pastiche on author- authoritarian cops and you know that sort of thing. Mm. But um, it's it's just brilliant. Carl uh, Urban is playing the role of Judge Dredd in this one, and Previous, previously played, of course, by Sliced Alone. Yeah, but what's different is that. Uh, Carl Urban never takes his helmet off in this one, which is the whole point of Judge Dredd. How, that, how Mandalorian of him. Very. It's just, Carl Urban is playing the role of a, of a giant chin in this film. So, so what, Stallone took his off, did he? Yeah, oh, Stallone takes his off all the time. Right. So Stallone is, is never wearing the Judge Dredd helmet. He spends the rest of the film not wearing it. Whereas the whole point of Judge, the Judge Dredd character is that he's just a really sulky guy who's, who is abiding the law every single time and uh, killing people in gruesome ways to show that he enforces the law. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah so based on a comic book second time that this character has been adapted yes. I have heard that this one is quite critically acclaimed really good and, and that this Carl Urban is great this is, this film was fantastic really great and you've caught um, Olivia Thrillby is, is playing uh, uh, Thrillby even is playing the sort of the the uh, the the younger cop that he's paired up with, who sort of gets to be shocked by just how just how good uh, Dread is at his job, and Lena Headey is playing the the villain of this one. Okay, yeah, Lena Headey stars as a mama who is the uh, the head crime boss of this giant tower block that they are doing a sort of police siege on. Right, so Game of Thrones, Lena Headey, yes. who played the, the rather horrible Cersei, yes. so she, he's back playing she, somebody she's rather doing, horrible. She's doing a good job playing another sort of really, really nasty piece of work in this one. Okay. But it, um, it's sort of, it's in the style of films like The Raid, where they've got this tower block and they're just fighting their way through the thaw of it. 
uh, through every single floor, but there's a really nice sort of sci-fi twist on every single floor of what, what you know the people they're stuck fighting, okay. and the the drug itself that they are there to stop um, is is a drug called slow mo, and the whole point is that you take the drug and everything goes in slow mo. So they, they use the they use that really well whenever somebody takes that to sort of use their camera work. Okay, but it's a, it's a really enjoyable one. Right, I've I've not seen this. I've not seen the original, and I'm not familiar with I, the comic book. I recommend. I really recommend this one. I, more, I, more so than the other one. You'd really enjoy this one. Is this is this uh, Thomas Jane's The Punisher compared to Dolph Lundgren's The Punisher? Is that the <laughs> potentially? Is that is that how you're you're looking at that? <laughs> no, probably probably even more dire. Or, or I think I think the gap is a lot stronger. Okay. But I, the, I I love Sly Stallone, but I just don't think that the that Stallone's dread does a good job. Uh, dealing with what the character should be versus this one okay that's dread which is friday's choice 12.05 a.m on the wee small hours of saturday morning but it's still a friday film that's on film four on the 21st of july let's move to the 22nd of july at 10 p.m another appearance from ryan gosling no less drive this film tells the story of a mysterious Hollywood action stuntman who gets in trouble with gangsters when trying to help his neighbor's husband rob a pawn shop and serving as a getaway driver this film is just absolutely fantastic. I think this is one of, potentially one of the most good-looking films I've ever seen. I really like this film. It's very slick and yeah, stylish. It's it's so it looks to me, from what I remember, it evoked um, a, a feeling of Miami Vice of the yeah. 80s. It had that sort of dark, the, neon the, sort think, of you know the, look to the, it. Like the, the, the tint to the film. Like everything is shot, shot very dark in this film, isn't it? But um, it just, it's brilliant. Ryan Gosling probably says about 20 words in the entire film, but he he's just such a delight to watch. <laughs> yeah, um, there you go. So uh, uh, a small drift away from Ken. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, just a, just a wee... <laughs> Too really, he's got range. The man's got range. All right. <laughs> but a uh, really great cast. You've got Carrie Mulligan is playing uh, somebody else in his apartment. You've got Brian Cranston is sort of playing his handler in this one. And I'm always happy to see Brian Cranston because I'm a big Breaking Bad fan. Yeah, and he he's a tremendous actor as well, yeah. who who has really come into his own in recent years. Um, the, Albert, Albert Brooks. Brooks. Now Albert Brooks, who who I've only ever seen him playing like really nice, soft, cuddly parts. Yeah. He's not in this one. No, no, he's rough in this one, isn't he? Really nice piece of work. Who's paired up with Ron Perlman? Who was the other the other sort of gangster that he's working with? Ron Perlman, you know, big chin. Oh, well, he could have been Dread. Yeah, he probably could have been Dread. Yeah. But Ron Perlman is, is a is a great actor yeah. who, uh, who who deserves it's, it's, to be better than he is. It's a great cast. It's yeah. really good, and it deals with all, and it's uh, directed by Nicholas Winding. Uh, I always get this Nicholas Win, Nicholas Winding Refn even. Yeah, who is sort of he is very good at this whole sort of like dark neon film series. Like he, so the ones that he's made, he's very much regarded as being this very as a director. He is very involved in the work he does. But, okay. uh, still need to see his other ones. But uh, Only God Forgives also starring Ryan, Ryan Gosling is on my list. Right. I think, did he do The Place Beyond the Pines? Or was that somebody else? Have I made check. that up? That was definitely Ryan Gosling. He um, wrote, he wrote uh, Bronson, which is was, which was uh, the one about uh, Bronson oh, starring. about the, uh, Bri- the British... Um, yeah, the British prisoner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um I might have made up who the place beyond the park. No, it was different. It was Ryan Gosling, um, but, but it, Ryan Gosling was in that one. Yeah, wasn't was he? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Again, always, always a good time to drop Ryan Gosling on the. Uh, and there's something to watch. Okay, um, <laughs> it's probably why it's on at the moment, isn't it? So that people can see Barbie and then go and see uh, Ryan Gosling 
doing a good job somewhere else. I would imagine so, yeah. <laughs> so that's uh, Saturday, the 22nd of July, 10pm uh, on Sony Movies. That's the film Drive. We move to Sunday, the 23rd of July, BBC One, 10.30pm. They normally only bring this one out whenever Scotland lose in the football match, but um, it gets, generally gets re-released in the cinemas. <laughs> But it's Braveheart. Braveheart tells the story of the Scottish warrior William Wallace, who leads his countrymen in a rebellion to free his homeland from the tyranny of King Edward I of England. And who's playing William Wallace? Why, none other than Mel Gibson himself. Everyone's favourite Scottish actor. Everyone's favourite Scotsman, Mel Gibson. Same sort of thing, isn't it? Yeah. Australian, Scottish. Yeah. Although, I mean, the fact that in later life, uh, Mel Gibson went on to be be an angry old drunk, then I guess, uh, you know, he he clearly (laughs) was born to be a Scotsman. (laughs) Hello, Scotland, if you're listening. Yes. Uh, Big friends of the podcast. And Mel Gibson, if you're listening. (laughs) Wow. That's that's insulting. That's a two in one, isn't it? An entire nation and a Hollywood actor. Yeah. But but just about every famous Scottish actor you can think of is in Braveheart somewhere. Mm. Uh, um, but also great uh, performance from Patrick McGowan, who plays um, Longshanks, the, the main villain of the piece. Yes. And, and Patrick McGowan, this was, I think, possibly one of his last... Well, no, it wasn't one of his last roles at all. I'm making that up. He, this came out in 95 and he um, died in 2009. Mm. But but yes, it was one of his later uh, appearances. But but what a, what a performance from him as well, uh, playing a real nasty piece real of work. Real nasty person. I'm mean, even just looking now. Uh, everyone's everyone's new favourite succession star, Brian Cox, also appearing in this one as well. Of course he would, because he's Scottish. He's Scottish. They're all yeah. in it. Like, like you said, all the, all the Scottish yeah. people are in it. So. J- James Cosmo's in it, yeah. who who was recently in the Jack Ryan TV series. <laughs> um, but yeah, just about every every Scottish actor of note will be in there somewhere, vying for vying for a role in this one. Yeah, um, but uh, but anyway, that's. Oh, Brendan Gleeson was in it. He's not even Scottish. <laughs> Irish Scottish, yeah. two Americans. Are the Alan same, Armstrong, he's not Scottish. He was in it. Uh, Tommy Flanagan from um, uh, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, he plays. Oh, what's the guy called? Was it Sh- Shiv? No. Uh, anyway, I have uh, to check that. Yeah, but he's in. Do you ever watch Sons of Anarchy? I was. Oh no, he is Scottish. Tommy Flanagan. What am I talking about? He is Scottish. Ah, see, and that's why uh, he was in there. Yeah, Chibs. Chibs was the name of the guy he played in Sons of Anarchy. Not off my head. No, um, but anyway. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Braveheart, a, a wonderful movie, and and also, you know, it it's easy to overlook. But Mel Gibson was a, a mighty fine director, and this this was an absolute epic. It's another it's another case of showing just what he's capable of. Yeah. So well done, Mel. Twenty uh, third of July, BBC One, ten thirty p.m. Braveheart. It's a bit of a long one. That movie. It is. Uh, it, it's nearly three hours long. I went to sit in the cinema. It is an epic. I went to sit in the cinema and I fell asleep. And I must have been out for twenty minutes. I woke up and it took me a while to work out what was going on again. Um, although it turned out, I, it felt like there was still an awful lot of the movie left. Mm, I yes. fell asleep because I was very tired and possibly hungover, not because it was a boring part of movie. the journey. Yeah, <laughs> just to make that very clear, Mel, if you're listening, yeah, Mel, Mel, if you're listening, that's yeah. just a bit of advice. Love your work, though. Just, just make sure characters recap what's happened every every few scenes. Just yeah, to yeah, make sure. yeah, yeah. Putting an intermission, you know, and. A, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, Braveheart, 10.30pm on Sunday the 23rd of July on BBC One. Let's move to Tuesday at 9pm on Five Select, A Fistful of Dollars. It wouldn't be, uh, you know, uh, a Max Hartington film film podcast without also just dropping in another hint from everyone's favourite. Uh, Clint Eastwood making another reappearance as the man with no name, the wandering gunf- gunfighter who's playing two rival families against each other in this town torn apart by greed, pride and revenge. Again, just bring, just wanted to recommend this one because it's Sergio Leone directed, and it just has the, the this film just 
oozes atmosphere. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's a it's a cracker. Um, it is um, yeah, Clint Eastwood in in the first of his spaghetti westerns, the first of the Dollars trilogy. Yeah. And it's amazing. I think for me, this one, it's so amazing as the first in the series, how the man with no name seems so perfectly sort of encapsulated already. He's a character in this one is set to keep going. Yeah. So this was based on a Dashiell Hammett novel. Um, for, who Dashiell Hammett uh, created the character Sam Spade, mm. uh, who is uh, played by... Um, uh, Humphrey Bogart in the Maltese Falk- Falcon amongst others so he played a hardball detective yes um, and uh, yeah but but this was this was originally um, in some part of the story based on that and as was the film there's a famous samurai movie um, by um, um, Kurosawa uh, Akira Kurosawa and yes. it was called Yojimbo and that was that was in turn um, the movie that that then this one was was a more direct remake of, but Yojimbo in turn was also influenced somewhat by this earlier Dashiell Hammett novel. Um, but uh, and according to this, also elements of Miller's Crossing, a Coen Brothers movie, was also in some small way, um, but partly because of the thing. About, I, th- I guess that the premise of setting people up against each other it is isn't it? it's that whole sly thing of it, it's it is very actually they mention it. It is very Fargo, um, not say Fargo, Coen's Brothers-esque of all of these different side plots sort of coming to a head, isn't it? Yeah. Everyone's got their own sort of thing. And of course, the man with no name is sort of picking and choosing where he gets things done there. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it, yeah, but but I think most film buffs would know that that it, it was in turn based on a Kurosawa movie. Yeah, yeah. As was Star Wars. There was a, a, a samurai movie, um, and it was called, I believe, The Hidden Fortress. Yes. And and George Lucas was heavily influenced by it, down to the fact that there's two samurai in the movie. One is sort of like tall and thin, and the other one's short and squat, mm. and they sort of bicker quite a bit, and they somehow which fall became, through the... Which became the two droids from <laughs> Star Wars. C-3PO and R2-D2. And there was a princess, and there was a, there was a, a swashbuckling pirate, and there was a, a, a young farm boy, and, and there was all the this elements. Is, this is sounding awfully suspect now, actually. Yeah, maybe maybe it's not a movie that you've come across, but yeah. it's called The Hidden Fortress. No, I, you know what? I need, I've, I've wanted to watch Kurosawa for a while, ever since um, Throne of Blood, which of course is uh, Hamlet, isn't it? Yeah. But especially maybe now hearing that Star Wars is uh, maybe borrowing a few things from it, maybe I need to give more I, of it a watch. I think in fairness, um, Kurosawa, um, I, I think he was credited. I think a lot of people. I, I, think, I think George Lucas did say openly that he was influenced by it. I don't oh. think it was, uh, you know, it was anything. It's an homage then, if you yeah. will. Um, but yes, it was in particular, C-3PO and R2-D2 were, were modelled um, uh, you know, uh, based on two characters from the Hidden Fortress in mm. particular, but also the fortress itself could have been the Death Star. Yeah. It, there, there are certain other things where there were similarities. Uh, but anyway, mm. A Fistful of Dollars is the, the movie of choice uh, for Tuesday, the 25th of July, 9pm on 5 Select. Then on Wednesday, we have, uh, first up, we have, this is the 26th of July, 7.30pm on Film 4, Aeroplane 2, the sequel. Uh, yep, so I had to put this one in because every time, uh, every time I watch an airplane film, I'm just the, these films are so well made. Um, they're just exciting every single time, really brilliant to watch. And I just had to drop this one in. Uh, airplane two, of course, sort of escalates things because it because it goes from um, it goes from this initial sort of story of being on the airplane to, of course, escalating it to being on a, a spaceship instead, which allows them to prestige an entire other se- section of things instead. 
yeah it 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 does that so well doesn't it you know the the way that it's um it sort of pokes some real fun at yeah. at the sort of you know the movies that it is sending up because the first movie was very much a send up of of the disaster movies that were prevalent in the late 70s in the cinema and the the genius of of aeroplane was the fact they cast most of those actors in it yes so so a lot of the actors that were playing these roles straight were now playing them for laughs <laughs> it, it, and 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 the straightness with which they play it is 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 part of what lends itself to the humor but there's so many jokes and there's so many visual gags and Air- airplane. Is, it's a laugh a minute, isn't it? Like there, there is you. You cannot rest watching an airplane film. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, you know, incredibly, uh, incredibly fast paced and and you know, blinking, you miss it. You can't really stare at your phone whilst uh, watching it because you will miss half the humour because so much of it is just what you see. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, the, the great great movies with with some wonderful. Um, you know, one wonderful humorous, um, mm. you know, visual gags and 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 clever wordplay and and all of that. Uh, but uh, but yeah, crafted. Yeah, Airplane Two, the sequel, which is seven thirty p.m. on Film Four on Wednesday, the twenty sixth of July. Then a bit, and then finally on Thursday, the um, yeah, the twenty seventh of July on Film Four at nine p.m. We have another round. Uh, another round tells is a twenty twenty release about uh, four, it's a Danish film about four high school teachers who consume alcohol on a daily basis to see how it affects their social and professional lives. Of course, recommending this one from personal experience. Bad joke there. Did but, you say this is their teachers? Are they? They're teachers. Yeah. They're teachers who decide that microdosing alcohol is the secret to having a good and healthy life. Right. But um, this film is so. I followed this one because of uh, you know friend of the podcast Mads Mikkelsen, but um, I really wanted to give this one a go because of that. But yeah, actually, so second appearance by him. Yes, yeah, two two in one podcast, lucky him. But um, it's really interesting to see this one. Um, it starts off with this sort of this relationship of four men. You know, they're they're teachers. They've got families. They're all sort of well established in their lives, but they're just they're looking for something to sort of to drive them, and then they start wondering. They it they start this experiment they go well what if we decide that we're going to go every single day we're going to microdose alcohol and they start going well what if we're going to take you know a shot every single day and then they just keep escalating it every single time after more and more results uh much to uh unfortunate circumstances later on but it's um it's watching the journey in this film is just so exciting and this picture of how uh, Danish school supposedly has this very different relationship with teachers and students where on the last day they'll all go and have a beer together and the, the are you doing that on your last day you know school? what funny, funny enough with my primary school students I'm not doing that no but um, but it does sort of seem to the film is based on that relationship and sort of extrapolates it but um, the director himself actually um, let's see it was Thomas Vinterberg who wrote and directed this film um, supposedly started writing it and there was some tragedy in his own life which inspired the sort of the take the film goes on but um, it's just it's I, I can't recommend it enough just for how much it delves into this I think Mads Mikkelsen is is a remarkable actor yeah. I mean absolutely chilling as Hannibal Lecter in the TV series brilliant there uh, very good and underrated in, in Casino Royale does mm-hmm. not get the credit he deserves there uh, I guess all the attention was on on Daniel yeah. Craig as the new Bond but Mads Mikkelsen were, was a very worthy adversary and, and there's some of the things he's done subsequently yeah. uh, and he's in the current um, Indiana Jones movie doing the rounds and he, is, and, yeah. and he does a good job in that too. Why wouldn't he? He always does. <laughs> but this, he's been very, very critically acclaimed. 
And I think this was a good example of him showing um, there's a lot to explore. There's a lot of emotion to explore in this one. And as much as I love Mads Mikkelsen, much of the stuff I've seen him has been chances for him to be sort of a badass. So mm. this is a nice one for him to sort of be very human and go, you know, I, I have a drinking problem and here's how I'm dealing with it sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, it's an interesting one. If you want to see a movie about really teach- teachers oh, getting drunk. Oscar winner as well. Yeah. It's either that you can come watch me. No, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, so, did he win the Oscar for this? It was it was uh, an international Oscar, uh, best international film. This one won. Ah, oh, right. Okay. So that's the other thing I should mention. This one is entirely in Danish. Right. Yeah. Yes, uh, but I suspect what you can find it. It'll either be subtitled or subtitled. Dubbed. Yeah. Uh, I, subtitled. I haven't seen it dubbed. I think you'd be doing it a disservice if you saw it dubbed personally. But I'm being I'm okay. being that guy when I say that. Well, well uh, Mads Mikkelsen was uh, nominated for Best Actor in the BAFTAs for this part. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, it won for uh, Best International Film. And he was nominated as well for Best Director. Mm. But he didn't get it for that. Uh, so that's another round, which is on Thursday, the 27th of July, a film for 9pm. So Max... If people can only watch one of those movies this week, which one would be your pick of the week? You know what? I say it every time. This is a really tough pick. Yeah, you always say that. I am going to go with, I think, I'm going to say you should watch Drive, personally. Okay. I think Drive is just phenomenal. I had you down for Dread, but there you go. Really? Can't, can't always get it was it one right. of the Ds, wasn't it? It was going to be a D. Well, actually, another round is named Truck, originally, so it could have been one of those three. It could have been one of the three. The Very D close. trilogy. <laughs> the Ds. Yeah. Anyway, uh, if you want to see the list of films that Max has just recommended, just look in the episode description of this here show, and you'll find the list of films there. Uh, you can also find that on our website, stalbanspodcast.com. Next week, uh, Sam will be returning to the Film Guide show. Uh, she will be uh, guiding us through her movies. That's uh, coming up next next week uh, if you want to find out more about anything that we do here do check us out we're on the social medias we are on facebook instagram twitter if anyone else is still there and threads where we are at st albans podcast uh, and of course our website st max thanks very much thank you danny we'll see everyone again real soon